If you enjoy these podcasts, check out Enrico Signoretti's reports and blogs on gigaohm.com. They're about data storage and cloud computing, addressing all the topics covered in Voices in Data Storage. Welcome everybody, this is Voices in Data Storage, brought to you by Giga. I'm your host, Enrico Signoretti, and today we will talk about infrastructure composability, a design paradigm that is not really new. But at the same time, it suffered a lot in the past because the technology was not ready and bad marketing didn't help either. Things are changing though, and pretty quickly, I would add. New players are now entering the market, technology is maturing, and end users have been asking for infrastructure that are easier to provision, manage, and with a better efficiency. My guest for this episode is Tom Lyon, CSO and co-founder of DriveScape. Tom's career in the IT industry is incredibly long and full of success. He started at Amdel and then joined the Sun Microsystem, where he contributed to the Unix kernel and, among other things, to NFS and Spark development. Later, he had uh, many other pioneering experiences creating technology startups that had successful exits and was awarded with several patents. And I'm sure I'm missing something here. Now with DryScale, Tom and his team want to disrupt traditional data center architectures and improve them with its composable infrastructure platform. The goal of this episode is to go through several aspects of composability, what it is, what it does, the benefits, and so on. So let me introduce my guest. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm great, Enrico. How are you today? I'm fantastic. And thank you for joining me. Um, Glad to be here. So did I miss something in the introduction? Oh, I don't know. I've been around so long, I can't remember my own bio, let alone anything else. <laughs> no, but actually, I I read it on the, on your website, so I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's accurate. And uh, But uh, maybe you want to add something about your job at DriveScale uh, and uh, about the company also. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a founder and chief scientist here at DriveScale. Um, we've been around almost five years and doing composable infrastructure. And this is really a reaction to the what's going on in the server business. My co-founder and I were both in the Cisco UCS server group. We were both uh, founding members of Nuova Systems that, that, that Cisco bought to create that server line. And uh, just looking at what's going on in, in the future of servers and how servers were getting on one end more and more complex with more and more features, but on the other end, getting totally commoditized and, and being used in enormous clusters as very, very cheap computing. And so trying to reconcile all these things going on in the server business is what got us to start DriveScale. Okay. You saw the, the problem um, a few years back, and uh, th- there are these companies that need to somehow improve the way they think of their infrastructure, Okay. You mentioned that uh, in your last experience, you, you had this uh, uh, large cluster that need to be configured. And in fact, uh, uh, it, it brought you to design the architecture that then became a UCS. But then you wanted to go a step further with, uh, with drive scale. What's the major 
I would say, pain points for big uh, infrastructure today? Well, the, the big thing we see is that uh, servers are too rigidly configured. When you, know, when you buy them, you're stuck with whatever you bought. Um, and if you look, you can go on the Dell website or the HP website and choose from you know, hundreds of different servers and then apply 100 different configuration options to each server that you buy. But once you've bought it, you're stuck with it. And of course, you buy it based on what you think your workload is, but the workload changes all the time. Things usually grow. And so you, you usually massively over-provision things in order to accommodate for growth. And the, the end result is you end up with this huge zoo of different types of con server configurations um, that are each represent a separate silo for a separate application. And it's horribly inefficient because you can't move resources around it anymore. In, in, in the kind of mainstream VMware world, uh, this has been resolved with, with virtual machines and you can buy a pretty homogenous infrastructure to run your virtual machines. But in the scale out world where you're, you're using tens or hundreds or thousands of nodes for one application, you don't have the benefits of uh, VMware and you can't afford the, the cost or the performance limitations of SANS. And so uh, people use servers with direct attached storage, but they come with a lot of limitations. Right. When you mention VMware, okay, usually we mention uh, rigid uh, and uh, enterprise environments from the hardware perspective. Okay, so traditional workloads and way to, to do things. But actually, uh, on the other hand of the spectrum, we have Hyperscaler. They have a full control of their stack, hardware, software, how they build as a center, everything. Okay. Right. So uh, do you mean somehow that uh, composability is more a thing for web scalers, large enterprises, and ISPs, maybe in the range between one to thousand of servers per year? Yeah, so uh, we, I, th I think so. And if you, if you look at uh, uh, HCI, you know, that's, that's done wonders for people with small data centers, right? Uh, you know, having eight nodes in a hyper-converged hyper thing is a pretty large cluster, and it makes your, your life very easy to buy and configure and uh, I, I, I think of HCI as kind of the, the happy meal of the computer industry. It's, it's fast, it's easy, wham, bam, you're done. But once you're dealing with hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of machines, uh, it's like having a lot of mouse to feed and you don't, you don't feed a large family at, at McDonald's every day. You, you learn how to cook your own things. Right. And, uh, and that's really what composability is about. Yeah, and... Uh... And of course, these guys want uh, want the best efficiency, even if they don't have real control on the on the hardware manufacturers, right? Right. And uh, our approach is to say you don't you don't have to have a whole bunch of new types of hardware, but there there's existing hardware that's simple enough and cheap enough to be composed into more complex configurations. Very good. And what are the key technologies that enable composability? Um, it's all about network bandwidth. Um, so we, we got started observing that if you had a 10 gigabit network infrastructure, that would be plenty to have disaggregated hard drives because hard drives are, are pretty slow. It's really hard to maintain more than about a half a gigabit uh, continuously from a hard drive. 
Um, so you could put a lot of hard drives on a server with a 10 gig pipe. With Flash, that changes dramatically, but the networks have changed dramatically. It's very common now to have 100 gigabit ethernet, and you can disaggregate a lot of Flash drives with 100 gigabit ethernet. And these, the it's really the network bandwidth and ease of obtaining this incredible bandwidth that's that's enabled composable infrastructure and also new protocols like uh nvme over fabric for example right right and nvme over fabrics has done wonders to raise the visibility of the uh of the possibilities of disaggregation and composition um but we do a lot of stuff with iSCSI as well and it's it's perfectly adequate for many many purposes so we support both NVMe over fabrics and iSCSI stuff. Okay. And what what are the most common applications that run on top of a composable infrastructure today? Well, it's it does depend on your your exact market focus. So we're we're very much focused on data intensive applications in large clusters. So things like Hadoop and NoSQL, uh, things like object storage where you know, you're dealing with a lot of data on a lot of nodes and, and therefore have a, a big problem when it comes to efficiency. And so we're really help, helping you tune the efficiency of your data, data center, as well as the flexibility so you can respond to changing workloads. But do you see demand uh, more for provisioning, like uh, I provision stuff the first time and that's my infrastructure more or less stay that way for a long time, or do you see your customer asking more for uh, a cloud-like provisioning? Like uh, I do one, um, one work today and the next day I want to change things because I have another application that needs uh, some CPU, some, uh, some storage, and then again, I change my infrastructure again. Right. I, I think it's more of a provisioning level thing. Um, and you still need some some cloud technologies. Mm-hmm. Certainly uh, Kubernetes is still a very interesting thing on, on composability. And that Kubernetes happens, the stuff that happens, handles the things that happen at very rapid time scale. Um, and then composability lets you tune things at, at slower time scales to, to allocate resources. And, and an example there is uh, there's a lot of talk going around about how Kubernetes clusters are very hard to manage above a, a small scale. So a lot of people have multiple Kubernetes clusters. So now how do you move resources around between those clusters? That's the kind of thing that, that DriveScale can do very easily. I see. And what is the role of automation then in these composable infrastructures? Well, I, I think part of the definition of composable infrastructure is that it, it has to be pro- programmable. There has to be an API. and that's important, be, you know, especially for our market, because when you, when we go into a customer with a thousand machines, they already have a very mature way to deploy servers, and it's scripted, and may, maybe they're using uh, Chef or Ansible or something, and so we have to be able to plug into that infrastructure. We can't say here here's a whole new way to do that. No, no, yes, but but uh, uh, do you mean that you uh, you provide a hardware orchestration layer? And uh, on top of it, you can integrate it with uh, Ansible or Ceph or what, uh, what else? I mean, from a marketing point of view, it's, it's, it's 
better to think of us as underneath that layer, but in reality, we're kind of side by side because you, you, to get, you know, because we have a software-based solution, you have to get the software on the server to start doing composability. And that's, that's done with Ansible. But then you add resources to the server dynamically with, with DriveScale. As far as I know, most of the work today in the composability is done at the storage level. Okay, you mentioned uh, iSCSI, and I mentioned right. uh, NVMe. Uh, do you expect new server technologies that will allow to physically partition a server anytime soon? Um, well, backing up a little, and the, the reason it's done with storage today is that that was the low-hanging fruit. And, and storage is one of the things that, that really complicates server choices. So, so we think that's the right, right place to start. Um, but there's lots of other possibilities. Um, we have a competitor called Liquid that does composable infrastructure on PCI Express Fabric. And they can compose GPUs as well as SSDs. So that, that's a very different approach to what we're doing, but a very similar philosophy. In terms of uh, composing servers, um, you, you asked about chopping up servers, and, and that's possible if you start with really expensive, complicated servers. You know, like there's a f these uh, 32 socket servers in the world. There's there's a few companies that have those, and uh, they're typically able to partition them down into smaller numbers of sockets. Yeah, but then we uh, we can't call them commodity servers anymore. So That's right. That's... We are so used to this kind of technology. Most of the optimization of the code is done in one or two sockets kind of servers. Yeah. So it becomes yeah, so, complicated. And, and of course, in terms of partitioning, you have virtualization, which is a good enough solution for for a lot of things if you just want to partition a server. Um, more interesting is how, how do you... Uh, combine servers from commodity servers to get bigger, bigger systems. And uh, there's a very couple of very interesting companies there. Uh, ScaleMP has been doing that for a long time. And a newer company called TidalScale has a different approach. But they, they're both able to construct large SMPs from smaller commodity servers. And you can think of that as composability, but they're also heavily relying on virtualization hypervisors, so, so you don't really get bare metal performance. This is cool because we, we are uh, seeing all history repeating uh, again and again. Uh, so we, for many years, we tried to, um, you know, have this smaller server and work on scale out architectures. And now we are talking about SMP again, and somehow. Right. And, and uh, it turns out my, my co-founder and I, uh, did a startup that started about the same time as ScaleMP, doing doing that same thing, and you know for business reasons we we didn't go anywhere with it, but we're very familiar with with that technology as well, and but but the thing thing that's changed in a huge way is be, partly because of the cloud. Everyone is writing cloud native applications that are stateless, microservices, all these types of things, that just don't rely on on SMPs anymore and are much more friendly to scale out. And a lot, a lot more is known about how to construct reliable scale out applications. Uh, 
Oh, yes. So that, that's that's what we're optimizing for with our platform. Also, for more and more workloads, I see that the limitation becomes the RAM more than CPU. That's actually probably always been the case. It's funny if you if you look at the history of computing, it's always been main memory has been the obstacle to progress, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, building fast enough CPUs has always been easy. Yeah, but now we have, uh, you know, uh, remote memory access uh, over convergent Ethernet and things like that. Do you think that this will change? So we'll be, we will be able to borrow uh, resources from the rest of the cluster when in need? Or do you think it, you know, the, the software will be written to, to work around this? Yeah, there, there's a couple of very interesting things going on there. And, and, and people have tried doing this, you know, network paging, memory sharing ever since the 80s. There's been research projects, but uh, there's some interesting products now. Both both Intel and Western Digital have products that let you treat an attached SSD as extended memory. Yeah. And th- this is not the Optane DIMM, but it's the, the Intel memory extension technology using Optane SSDs. And with NVMe over fabrics, you could extend that over the network and essentially have it, it, it's glorified paging in some ways, right? You're you're reinventing technology to bring back effective virtual memory, so that you know you you can not have as, as much expensive main memory. Yeah, and also you don't have a, a difference in latency that uh, will kill you every time you go out of main memory. Right, right, and the uh, the latency thing—it's it, like any of the storage hierarchy things. If if you fit effectively in cache, it works for you. If you blow through the cache, then it doesn't work. And so that's the big problem with these technologies: is it's it doesn't work with enough applications to be considered commodity infrastructure, because you really have to worry about whether your app's going to work. All right, and. Um... What can we expect to see in 2019, both from a drive scale and industry perspective regarding uh, composability? Well, the big thing going on in the industry is is uh, incredibly cheap SSDs are on the way. Um, if you're paying more than 20 cents a gigabyte now, you're paying too much. And uh, that's, that's probably going to continue to fall. And then NVMe over fabrics has is getting mature. With NVMe over TCP as one of the standard options, it'll make it much more accessible to, to general data centers. And then there's a whole crop of chip vendors building uh, specific chips for NVMe over fabrics targets. So we have a Broadcom with a Stingray, Mellanox with Bluefield, uh, Marvell has a family of c- controllers, and uh, Kazan Networks, a startup doing this. So the whole target side of NVMe over fabrics is also going to get very fast and very cheap. This is very good. So the, the market uh, is going to expand very, very quickly in the next uh, year or two, you mean? Yeah. So, and what do you think about uh, drive scale? Where is going the development of the product, of the platform? Well, today we're, we're still, you know, we started out... Uh, handling disaggregation composition just of hard drives. But as soon as the NVMe over fabric standard was done, we added NVMe. 
And uh, the bottleneck to doing composability is often, you know, whether or not there's a standard data path. Um, and so if you look at composing GPUs, you can do it on PCI Express, or there's some software techniques for doing it as well. And we're looking at uh, partnering with some of those companies. But it's, it's hard to see what the universal solution will be. And then there's lots of different accelerators coming along for deep learning and other things. And they'll all uh, represent things that ultimately you will want to disaggregate from the server as well. You are uh, somehow telling that 2019 will be an, an year of transition for composability. Yeah, I, I think we'll see it in a lot more places. Um, un unfortunately, we're also seeing a lot of people just using the term composable infrastructure when it doesn't really have any difference from what they were doing previously. Um, so that's that's a, not a good thing. I'm doing a research for... Uh... Gigaum in these days uh, around this topic, uh, and in fact, if you if you start to uh, to dig a little bit, you find a lot of uh, let's say marketing messages on on the same product that it was already available two years ago, and uh, now it's just composable. So it's right. it's frustrating, uh, I would say. Doesn't help to the you know the the market, uh, I think. Yeah, so that's something we have to to fight against. And you know, who knows if, if the market changes, we may have to rename what we're doing or something. But because the, the, the challenge is getting people to understand that there's a new way of doing things. So at the beginning of the show, you told me that um, many of your customers have uh, large installations uh, of servers and they usually work in the big data analytics and this kind of stuff. Maybe you can go deeper on this and uh, tell us uh, uh, about the workloads, about the type of customers that buy DriveScale. Usually the, the customers that are, are feeling the pain are those who, who have large clusters and yet they're seeing their workloads changing to where now the type of server is not optimal anymore. So they're looking at how much they've spent and how much they're going to have to spend and are very frustrated by the inflexibility of the infrastructure. And uh, an example there is our, uh, our flagship customer, uh, AppNexus, which actually was bought by AT&T a while ago. Um, they had a large Hadoop infrastructure and were frustrated because they also had a lot of other servers and, and the, the two types of servers were incompatible. And so we solved that problem for them for Hadoop. And now they're kind of looking at everything else in their infrastructure and saying, hey, why don't we run Kafka on DriveScale? Okay, they did that. Hey, why don't we run Vertica on DriveScale? Why don't we run our, our uh, Aerospike on DriveScale? So they're going down the path with, with all these types of things. And, and you, you sort of have to get in the door with a specific uh, cluster problem. But then once people understand the product, they start applying it everywhere. Just out of curiosity, because I didn't really understand. So the, the customer can buy servers from different vendors and uh, different types of servers at the end of the day, okay? And uh, what about the storage? So do they buy the storage and then you can uh, take the SSDs that are in these servers or do they need uh, different servers with the disk uh, with disks? Well, uh, so two things. First, we never sell storage. 
we're, we're almost always software, but we do have a couple of connectivity appliances. Um, and then secondly, the, the customer still wants to buy from as few vendors as possible. So Dell is a huge partner for us. Uh, we've recently become on their tier one reseller list. And so our customer can buy everything he needs from Dell, which includes uh, instead of buying the storage in the servers, they buy storage in JBODs or in flash boxes that get attached through DriveScale to the servers. So, so uh, and then typically those, those SSDs or drives are priced exactly the same, whether they're in the server or outside of the server. Right. So they, they can, uh, they can buy the servers without the disks and then uh, JBODs that they can attach uh, over the, the network. Right. Okay. Very good. Fantastic. Tom, thank you again for the time you spent with me today. And uh, maybe uh, you can give us um, a couple of links about uh, DriveScale, so the website where we can find uh, your company and maybe you on the Twitters just to continue the conversation if somebody is interested. Okay, yeah, the main DriveScale website is in the obvious place at drivescale.com. I actually have my own podcast series there. Uh, which is pretty fun to listen to. And then uh, on Twitter, we're drivescale underscore Inc for the company. And I am AKA underscore Pugs, Pugs being a nickname, so. Great. So Tom, thank you again and bye-bye. Um, okay, thank you, Enrico. If you enjoyed this episode of Voices and Data Storage, please check out the other ones. Hyperconvergence and infrastructure composability are the focus of a report Enrico wrote for GigaOM Research. To find out more about how data storage is evolving in the cloud era, download the single report or subscribe to GigaOM Research for future forward advice on data-driven technologies, operations, and business strategies.